I haven't done it yet, but I was like, it's a possibility. This chair reclines so much, I could probably sleep in it. <laughs> I seen that when I was looking at like their their website. They said it reclines back in a great position for naps. Yeah, wait, wait. Now that the ca- one of the things that the, you know this camera, since it's wide, you might actually be able to see. But hang on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now just I want to do the podcast like this. I mean, if you just adjust your microphone your audio, arm, yeah. you probably could. Yeah, get the get the yeah. mic down. The there. arm's not long enough. There you go. <laughs> How's this? Is this? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, can you see your notes from there? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to get my glasses. <laughs> okay, wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it goes. It, it goes down easy enough, but coming back up, jeez, oh man, it's a struggle for me and the chair. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who is a Computational Service Inc. sales representative by day and a super friend by night, Josh Zorch. That seems pretty believable. <laughs> and even in an ideal sitcom world, New Jersey still sucks. So here to tell us all about it is Mike Bradley. I, I mean, Jersey sucks. That's <laughs> like, I, I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me on that. I don't, I don't know why I'm here to tell you about it, but... I am perfectly willing to just say, yeah, Jersey sucks. I mean, you've you've at least been to New Jersey, right? I've been to Atlantic City. Okay, okay, and that I've counts. been to Hoboken. You know, <laughs> going into New York City, so yeah. But that's it. Like very briefly, and I mean, I guess Atlantic City. That wasn't that. That was a weekend, but that was it. Was shitty. I mean, it's Atlantic City. It's it's like a shitty Vegas. So they have shitty Vegas and they have shitty New York. That's and everything else is just like nothing. There you go. Travel New Jersey. Yeah. yeah Visit West. I guess you you were w- w- willing to sacrifice our many many. I'm sure they exist and are real New Jersey listeners. <laughs> New Jersey knows what they are. <laughs> I'm I'm trying not to lean too hard into it because I actually do have family in New Jersey. I don't think anybody listens, so but. <laughs> Apologies to all of my New Jersey relatives, if anyone listens. I figured it was a joke. I stuck with it anyway. They know what nice. they are. It's a, you know they're they're not Florida, but they're close. My one complaint about New Jersey driving around there for a day was like everywhere I tried to make a left turn, it was like don't make a left. That was my. I actually from Jersey. I actually liked that a lot. That they have like the jug handle uh, type of intersections set up a lot more. Yeah. Um, I actually really like. Uh, roundabouts more than anything. They're actually, they work way better, but America is all like, no, that's not, that's from somewhere else, so therefore it must be bad. Right. Yeah, they did yeah, that on Mythbusters and like roundabouts trying are better. To, trying to like drive around a place where you're not sure where you're going and you're trying to follow directions. It's just, the not being able to make the left was really, really Wait, is this like <laughs> pre-GPS <laughs> days where like, you're like, I need to go that way, but I don't know how to go that way. I'm trying to remember now if it, if it if I had a GPS at the time, or if it was still just trying to go, you know, trying to I, go off a map, or like, hey, to go to this street, go to this street. 
Do you remember? I know. I all I remember was every intersection too. I went to. It was like, well, I need to go that way, but I can't. It won't let me. Traffic says I need to go the other way. Do you, you remember really, like really the days of going someplace new and you would go onto Google Maps and print out the directions you needed? Even before I, that, MapQuest. Yes. Map well, yeah, MapQuest. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I like our parents to... remember like going to AAA and getting them to make a trip tick. And it would be this oh, whole yeah. ridiculous oh, thick booklet of how to fucking get there. And you'd be like, now we look at that and we're like, wow, we were inefficient. <laughs> we cut down trees to make that happen. This is, this is our old people talk, kids. For anyone that's, you know, under 20 under, that happens to listen. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Back in my day. Remember Chewbacca? <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're at the top of the show. What I've been trying to do is uh, see if you guys want to plug anything. Josh, I'll start with you. Anything you'd like to plug? Nope. Fair. Mike, anything you want to plug? Uh, you can come and watch me on Rare Achievements on Twitch. You can also check out the YouTube channel for Rare Achievements. And, uh, yeah, that's really about it. I mean, I'm awesome. Come check me out. <laughs> check out the awesome and bask in it. And Are you starting your schedule this week? Yes, yeah. So Mondays and Fridays, uh, eleven a.m. to five p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, six to ten p.m. Eastern, uh, with exceptions made when we're recording these podcasts. I'll be doing that on Tuesday this week, so no Tuesday this week, but Wednesday and Thursday. Actually, by the time you hear this, probably yeah, this will be passed. So yes, six to ten p.m. Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, and Thursday, unless I'm recording a podcast. So. Go for that, kids. Um, figure out my schedule for me and, you know, occasionally on the weekends, <laughs> but those are unannounced and unplanned. It's just when I feel like doing it. Bonus episodes. I mean, maybe if I put more work into them, I'll call them episodes. <laughs> for now, it's just like, yeah, I'm there. I'm playing the game. Come watch. Fair enough. Uh, as for myself, if you want to follow me at all, uh, I am on Twitch as Jedi Bry Guy, Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. Uh, I also use the same name for YouTube. I haven't done much on YouTube, but uh, you can follow me or find me there. Um, and what the hell, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at JediBryGuy also. You can find me there. Uh, as for this episode, uh, big surprise, we're back for more WandaVision. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say in probably two weeks we'll be back for another episode of WandaVision, since the series will be wrapped by then. Uh, since we talked about the first half of WandaVision a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, this episode will be for focusing more specifically on the two most recent episodes, which is episode six and seven. And since you know we already sort of covered that, there the you know the previous episodes a couple weeks ago, we're just going to get into what happened these last two weeks. So since we're diving right in, I am going to give you the spoiler alert right now. So if you are not caught up to the latest episode of WandaVision, which at this current moment is episode seven, pause us and come back to us after you've caught up. And we will be here waiting for you. Last call, spoilers to follow for WandaVision. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so we're going to jump right in. Uh, again, two weeks ago, we went over what was happening in the show. We went through some theories, covered our own speculation, sort of what's going on. Now that we've made it to episode seven, we have some answers. Uh, and if, obviously a few more questions. So we're going to start. I figured it'd be easier to just start with some of the questions we sort of asked the last time and just kind of rehash what kind of what we've learned i guess um so one of the things we were diving into and questioning for a while and theorized was about what's up with wanda's neighbor agnes so the big reveal for episode seven 
was that Agnes is confirmed to be Agatha Harkness. Now, that was a name that was we actually didn't really bring up when we recorded. I think it was a name I was trying to trying to get to that I couldn't remember. Um, we ended up sort of going down a different path for our discussion. Um, I also feel like I need to have a shout out at this point to a coworker of mine, Chris, who has been telling me for three weeks that Agnes is Agatha. So, you know, kudos for you for calling that. Um, so anyway, how do you guys feel about that reveal? I, 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 Mike, I'm only going to go first because I feel like there's a better chance that you have familiarity with the character because of, of your more extended comics background reading. Um, I, I, I mean, well, like by episode three, you've definitely got the, um, I don't say the impression, but you, you understood how they're, uh, framing these episodes and how they're putting them together and every single one is going to end on a important occurrence a reveal a moment a cliffhanger-ish of sorts it's, that's how they're all going out um so it's not a surprise that that's how this stopped but it was i honestly felt like i would have I think it would have been more appreciated and a better experience if it had continued for a little while be beyond that. So uh, it's like a couple extra minutes in the episode. Are you you saying, I mean, this was already the longest episode they did. So a few extra couldn't hurt. They, yeah. And that's, that's true. And they they did. And as we've talked about before, like, you know, Mike brought up, I think last time that like, yeah, the run times get a little deceiving because it'll say, well, it's a 30 minute episode, but there are like seven to eight minutes of credits that they run at, at the end, mostly. And it's okay that they do this, but, you know, mostly due to them, you know, crediting many, many different, and all of our Netflix shows do this now. And, and even I think Disney plus does it to a large extent um, of crediting all of the international, uh, you know, different language overdubs that they you know, give to those voice actors and whatnot. So the idea that like the runtime for this actually was about 30 minutes of programming. Um, but yeah, I, I, for some reason, like it just sort of stopping dead there. Like once, once you're seven ninths of the way through this thing and you've only, in my opinion, you've only really gotten finally to a, a, important point of revelation that actually provides explanation of some sort and then they just stop it right there i think it would have been more helpful for the viewer and just a little better better experience um and and so to answer the question like how do you feel about the reveal the reveal itself um is sort of separate for me of like how it 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 was given to me and what the like impact of viewing it was um I, I, for me, like not really knowing who this person is per se, I don't think it was all that shocking to find out that they cast, you know, a, a high profile, well-known brand new actor to be in this series who ends up, it turns out being an important role just beyond like the basic, um, Plot like they could have used Catherine Hahn as a neighbor character still in it who played you know an important role in something to happen, but the fact that she turns out you know to be part of the explanation as well 
Yeah. You know, being being important to the events that occur and being important to why they are occurring. Very different. So it's not all that shocking that it went there. But I'm hoping that the final two episodes, because I think they still have a long way to go to. I don't say like wrap up the story necessarily, but in like the arc of traditional storytelling with establishment, rising conflict, rising action, get like understanding things coming to random like they have a long way to go, I think, to still clear those hurdles in, in just the last two episodes. And I feel like since they only are now at the point where they're really like I feel like they're only about halfway through the story. So the what we were talking about the episode length, they got me thinking something that I forgot to put in my outline that I'm going to try to reference here. Um, and I put it up on the Facebook page because there's been some confusion. If you've read the internet, uh, prior to episode seven, people were under the impression that seven, eight, and nine, those episode numbers were going to be an hour in length. And apparently every headline you saw said that Kevin Feige said this. And then you watch episode seven and it's 30 minutes. You're like, what the hell? I was expecting an hour. So I found an article from Inverse uh, that is like, so what the hell? Like, where where did this rumor start and what's going on? So all these headlines that were saying Kevin Feige said it's going to be an hour long for each of this episode. Apparently Kevin Feige never fucking said that. So welcome to the internet, people. <laughs> uh, you trace back the source of the, wherever this quote came from. Um, Apparently, there's a site called Superhero Spotlight, which credits Kevin Feige as the source. If you click the link on their Facebook post, you go to an article from Collider, which Collider interviews WandaVision director Matt Shackman. In the interview, Shackman claims that the runtime for the total series is six hours in length. So, roughly 20 minutes per episode, we had gotten up to six episodes, so people were saying, okay, we're at, you know, or, you know, th 30 minutes or whatever for, for runtime for an episode. So we're up to, what, three hours for the first six. So logically, that would mean that the last three episodes should be an hour each. So that was where that rumor came from. Uh... People just did math and was like, well, there's three hours left. We got three episodes, so that's an hour each. Nowhere in here can I see anything that says Kevin Feige said this. So I don't know where the fuck that started, but that is that irritates the shit out of me. Um, So even still... We don't know, and you know, to Josh's point, if there is that much more to cover, and if this director is correct in saying there's a total runtime of six hours for the series, and that's the other thing, based depending on your math, you may or may not be counting the credits that are five or six minutes in length every episode, so there might even be less on the back end to get through. Um, and for all we know, six hours was a ballpark number that this guy gave out. We don't know if it's six hours exactly. It could be give or take that. Who the hell knows? Either way, if there's, we're going to assume at least two, two and a half hours left to go, then that could mean that, you know, the very last two episodes might actually be longer. That's not confirmed. We don't know. This is, again, just based on a six hour total runtime. And we know we've only gotten so far through that runtime thus far. So, for anyone that's confused saying, why the fuck did Kevin Feige lie to me? Kevin Feige never said that, so stop reading the internet, people, and just watch the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like this irritates the shit out of me. How something, like one quote from someone that's not even right, catches fire on the internet, and everyone's retweeting it and talking about it like it's legit. That irritates the shit out of me. So, that's just me and my rant. Rant is over. 
we now uh, bring you back to our regular program. Yeah. Um, sort of to your earlier point, Josh, too, about uh, how the episodes just kind of end. I feel like that's like TV 101. Like if they're yeah. going sitcom, like we're going to end on the cliffhanger to get you to come in next week. That's kind of just what I'm sort of expecting, I guess, at this point. Yeah. yeah I, mean, and, I think and people that's... are just getting a little bit too accustomed to series dropping as a whole over the last few years. Right. And they don't want those cliffhangers anymore. But, I mean, that's how they get you to come back. That's, like you said, TV 101. Give you a reason to show up next Friday. Same bat yeah. time, same bat channel. And I, I also had to remember and sort of realign my expectations on it because really, like, old sitcom format did not rely. It was not It, it was not produced as a mini series, Right. Right, so like we're rewatching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air on HBO right now. Yeah. While there are longer form narratives that could carry throughout, you know, a season or part of a season, every single episode is not built in that way to just well leave you off a moment to come back next week to find out how I mean, it resolves. So this is sort of an amalgam of more modern storytelling, maybe with something like a Game of Thrones, a Breaking Bad, those kinds of things where they've even if they're producing multiple series, it's kind of approached in a mini series, limited series type of format. Um, yeah, I guess maybe in my mind, used I'm, to I'm, that yet. I'm I'm using the word sitcom almost synonymous with like TV <laughs> drama. I guess TV drama shows are the ones that always seem to end on a cliffhanger. They well, can, yeah. Yeah, and this is masquerading as a sitcom. This is not a sitcom, right? Yeah, you know I mean, it it appears like a sitcom in many ways. But the content is not a sitcom. It's, it, it's think, much like, more a TV of, drama. To Josh's point that it's like, even like paying homage to the sitcoms, like that that's not a sitcom trope. No, but that's because it's not a sitcom. They're paying homage in a lot of ways, but they're not actually a sitcom, and they're recognizing that too. Right. If they okay, just played okay. themselves off like a sitcom, like, they, they wouldn't be able to, you know break that fourth wall and pop out to say like oh hey look they, I mean it, it's not breaking the fourth wall but they're breaking the sitcom to where like it's the Truman show and people are watching outside and right so it's yeah it's got it, its that's own thing, thing there's, happening it, exactly there, there's definitely this mixture of flavors to it that I'm just not used to and I gotta kind of reprogram myself to and maybe if I do that it'll be better enjoyed um can we real quick can we share the comment that ian passed along to us <laughs> oh yeah do you ahead. think he would yeah. mind i think so i won't say who so ian in our, our group chat passed a message along from a family member and uh said that hey my family this family member has an opinion on the show and i'm going to share it with you guys and it just said i think if they re if they release them all at the same time it would be better <laughs> It, it, it was the most pure and innocent, like sweet take on something, you know, th that I think you could come up with. And uh, but I think that rings true. And that, like I said, that there's I, I will be interested when I go back and watch the whole series over like maybe one or two sittings in another couple months. Right. If 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 just the general if it flows better like number one is it going to just go from like moment to moment episode to episode and is that going to work and if yeah. so will it will i feel it will be better you know and i know that's not going to change every one of these shows they're doing 
for the next 28 years is going to be this same way. So it's just something, like I said, different to have to get used to. Well, it's also, I think, uh, well, like after we did the, the last one episode we did for one to five, right after we recorded that, I actually watched the, those five episodes again, back to back. And one, just kind of knowing what's happening. So rewatching it is, is just fun to pick up on more stuff. But I think it did work better as a continuous, you know, five episode story. So I could I could definitely see like if you if you want to watch this as a miniseries and just watch them back to back as they come out I definitely think it's it's better that way, um, but at the same time, I'm I appreciate, and you know I kind of felt this way with the Mandalorian too is as doing this week to week I like that every one of us that wants to keep up with this is all on the same page for a week at a time, like there's no like okay we can't talk because you're two episodes ahead of me, like we are we're all on the same page so that gives us a week to spitball shit. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun part of shows like this for me. That's, that's something I was, that that's the type of discussion I always had around lost. Like when lost was on and me and all of my friends were into it, like the week to week discussions that would happen over that show, right or wrong. were just fun as hell to have. Right. So the fact okay. that this show is doing that to people and Mandalorian did it too, but I feel like this one has generated some really, really fun discussions between me and my friends, me and my coworkers, like just people that, don't normally talk about this kind of shit, but we're talking about it all fucking week because every day we're reading something else that's like, oh, oh, wait, did you hear about this? Like, what about this one? <laughs> like, that's that's fun to me. And see, I would like, I'm looking forward to the day when there's more shows coming out doing this. Maybe not yes. a show for every night of the week from Disney Plus, but maybe, you know, th- there will be a time when we're getting The Mandalorian on Fridays and Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Tuesdays. So yeah. you have that, like, oh, Tuesday's that night, well, Friday's that night, and you have that kind of thing where you have, a, like, a TV schedule like it used to be. You know I mean, yeah. a, a long time ago, you'd have a TV schedule like, this is this night, that's that night, and then you'd have something to talk about midweek as opposed to a whole week of the same thing. There's the potential for them, you know, through Netflix, through Disney, through a few of these platforms to have these awesome shows that pop out on specific days. It would be interesting. It would be fun. Yeah. Uh, Mike, we sort of started getting sidetracked already, but I want to spin yeah. back around to you. How do you feel about the reveal for Agatha? Um, So I, I didn't really think of Agatha during our last... I mean, Harkness. I'm, just, I'm not going to call her Agatha. Like, Harkness is the character in the term I've always referred to the character, so I'm going to continue to do that. Um, I didn't really think of her going into our discussion last time. Um, because she's not really a major player in any way. Like, she does big things, and she's kind of, like, there and part of Scarlet Witch's story. But, I mean, more of that I had to kind of look up and refresh myself on. Yeah, I did try to write, like, a little bit of a summary on her that I could find. So I can go over that if we want. Well, I mean, it, for me, like, is it something I expected? Um, It depends, like, for me still on what direction they go. Because Harkness really isn't a villain. That's sort of what I found, too. It's like, it's so, hard to tell what side she is on. Yeah, she could just be there protecting Wanda. Like, she could be trying to be a motherly figure for Wanda um, at that point. So, depending on what direction they go, I could, you know, see different things happening. But in terms of, like, the reveal, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. 
I don't have any problem with it. It makes sense for the character. They're not putting themselves in a position where they're reaching. Yeah. You know, to like a lot of the things we had come up with were felt like they would definitely be reaches. Yeah. Know, things we discussed less than it would, they would have all been a reach. This in terms of the content that does exist currently is not really a reach. This makes sense. It fits. I just would not have expected them to pull a fairly unknown character to most people. Right. Or somebody that doesn't really connect to anybody but Wanda. Right. So seeing I... this, I think it's a good thing in terms of seeing that Disney is willing to explore some of the much lesser known characters that exist. Yeah. In a bigger way. Because, I mean, yeah, you, you have lesser known characters that they touched on or that, it, you know, were present for a short period, like Batrock the Leaper. You know, I mean, he gets a fight with Cap and that's it. Yeah. But, you know, having them touch on it in a much more narrative way, I think that's a promising sign for the future in things that maybe more um, tight fandoms, smaller fandoms of characters have a chance to see some real focus on their favorites. Yeah. Whoever those may be, you know? Yeah, I like I I guess I didn't mind the reveal. Like we talked last time, I I really wanted this to be like whatever was happening in Westview. I really wanted it to be Scarlet Witch and her problem. I I really was hoping that they wouldn't bring in another person or villain and then it's like, "Oh, it's all this person's fault." So now we can direct you know, our our the the solution has to come from stopping this other person, not Wanda, someone else. I think that's the easy out from a story's pers perspective. But if this seems to be the w the way they're going, I'm I'm fine with that. Not my preference. I would have rather seen something else, but I'm fine with it. I think I think it'll it'll work well. And if they go this way, I think it leads. Like I have a theory that I think we can get to later, but I think it will lead to other villains and and you know we were trying to speculate how this how this drops into Doctor Strange too since this is going to lead into that mm -hmm. and we were speculating whether or not Wanda would be the villain in that movie because we know she's in it but I, I think what's happening is definitely going to lead into another villain not her so she she still might be aiding Doctor Strange in that movie I think well, well and, I, and the other thing I think that's important to note here is that you still may have them having to take on Wanda because even if Harkness is the reason it's all happening, there's nothing say that says Wanda wants to give it up. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and because I'm, it's I'm still, still her power that's causing it. Right. So I'm still hoping there's some meaty story stuff there. That that confrontation is something I want to see. Yeah. So I so just because I looked up some of the stuff. So for anyone that uh, I guess doesn't really know too much about Agatha, so the little bit that I looked up. And I try to just pull relevant stuff because she does have more crap that happens to her and whatnot. But in the comics, you know, sort of they explain the show, Agatha is a witch. So she was apparently around, like, in olden times, around for the Salem Witch Trials and all that stuff. She eventually relocated and, for the most part, seemed to live, as far as I could tell, live in peace for a lot of time. She crosses paths with other magic-wielding characters in the comics, more specifically had some dealings with Wanda. Uh, at one point, she was burned at the stake by a group known as the Salem's Seven, who were hunting witch people, people that, like powered like that. Uh, Wanda then had to battle the Seven, which led to some sort of buildup of magical energy. Unable, She was unable to dispel all of the energy, and at that point, whatever she couldn't dispel, 
she used to set in motion what became the events that caused her to get pregnant with her and Vision's children. Uh, at some point later, Agatha comes back from the dead, as you, as you do in comics, uh, <laughs> claims Wanda's children were fragments of Mephisto's soul. Mephisto eventually reabsorbs Wanda's children, so they are gone. Uh, but instead of aiding Wanda to try to save the children, Agatha wipes Wanda's memory of the children ever existing. Eventually, Wanda finds out the truth about Agatha tam tampering with her memories, and she kills her. Sometime later, she gets resurrected again, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and in amongst all the other stuff, too, it does, like sort of Mike was saying, she, Agatha sort of is a mentor to Wanda, helps her train her powers, use her powers, uh, that kind of thing. It's a little unclear, again, if Agatha is a friend or ally, because it seems like she's sort of done both here and there. Like, for the most part, she's helped the Avengers, she's done some good things, helped Wanda, but at the same time, she does some shitty things here and there, so it's hard to tell. Chaotic neutral. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, honestly, like, when I looked it up, you know, I remembered the parts about her helping. You know, I mean, that I took that as a refresher, like, ah, that, that, okay. And I didn't really go any further with what everything you just said. Um, so I guess, you know, you're saying it's going to lead into Mephisto, which makes sense. Um, yeah. And Mephisto opens a lot of doors in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, because Mephisto's kind of a big bad. Um, and that's uh, interesting. Like, hearing that, like, about the character, and it makes sense 100% now as to why she's there and what's going on. Um, And yeah, I, I'm excited to see what they do, and if that means that Mephisto is going to be the Doctor Strange focus instead of Mordo, or Mordo's going to be assisting Mephisto, I'm down for all of that. Um, I, I Before we go further, I, I would say that uh, let's give props to Mike actually for our discussion last week because he brought up the possibility of additional uh like magic users uh which is I think even like were mentioned and I know at least for my part I I kind of really discounted that only for the main reason of most of what the creators of the MCU have done is provide a rational explanation as to why something that didn't exist eight chapters ago now suddenly is okay to have been there the whole time. And I didn't really see an easy way for them to get from A to B. So, mm. and, and and part of what I think I meant with the, the last, you know, my last comment about they only have two episodes left, they got to make this all make sense. That's a big chunk of it for me. Um, whether you have a, uh, you know, Mephisto involvement or you have other witches and whatnot, like, they they need to do a good job in explaining and, and and i think that the same challenge is almost going to be there when they do the eternals movie you know what how am i rationally supposed to believe that through the events of everything that they've presented to us thus far were all these other things also you know tangentially present but never involved never uh, revealed never you know anything like that so and if they do a good job with that i can i can buy it um, and and, and so, I think part, real, real quick, real quick. So I think that was part of why I also thought that another few minutes at the end of this 
most recent episode would have been valuable because they could have maybe started to lay a little bit of that out but just ending where they did felt a little bit too shocking a little too uh convenient like what's going on uh -oh, oh there's other witches of course there are other witches bye folks it just cut off a little too quickly for me like i said they're better storytellers than that and so i have faith in what we will get hopefully yeah um but it just it felt a little too abrupt to me so go ahead so I'm, i can throw out a few ideas on that for you to maybe help you understand um first and foremost um i'll throw out the mephisto and eternal stuff and then i'll get into what you just said um uh, in terms of the eternals they are created um, the Eternals are not some eternal being that have always been around or have been there in the background of all this. Um, as far as I can recall, the Eternals are created by an event that happens. Um, I'm not going to get into spoilers because the movie mm. might be coming out this year or whatever. But there's something that happens with a certain thing that we've already been introduced to. Um, and it creates these people with these powers they're not mutants they're not it, it's different but it's a superhero explanation basically um but it does happen due to an event so there is a chance that they haven't been around this whole time and that we get a true origin um on the eternals that results from the fallout of infinity war or okay. this, or something else going on inside the Marvel Universe. So, there's that. Mephisto, on the other hand. Um, first and foremost, Mephisto is bound to his own realm. Unless released. As far as I can recall. Which, Mephisto's realm is hell, essentially. Mephisto is Satan. That's how... Like, they weren't allowed to call him Satan when they wanted mm -hmm. to make these back in the day because of the comics code. And so they looked up lore and found out Mephistopheles was a way they could get around that. Where the character Mephistopheles in, you know, myth and legend basically is our Western version of Satan. Um, so they went with that. And, again, as far as I remember, there's at least versions of Mephisto that are bound to his own realm. He can appear... Um, in this realm, but does not really have power over it. Um, so, like, think, like, like Ghost Rider. Like, you've seen the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movie. He can appear here, make a contract with Johnny, but he really can't do anything to force anybody here to do anything. So, unless he's released or has something going on outside of hell, he's not necessarily a threat. But when he manages to break free from those chains, he's a huge threat. Um, so I think having Mephisto on the sidelines makes sense. Mephisto would just be like, shit, half of everything just died? I get all their souls? Fuck yes, I'm not getting involved in this. Let it happen. And then he wouldn't be able to get out to stop it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't be able... He could try to influence the outcome, but he wouldn't be able to actually use power on Earth to fight beside Thanos and preserve the souls that he has. 
Okay. If uh, presumably he even got their souls, we don't know what the hell happened to them during the snap. That's not right, right. were they dead? Were they just somewhere else? Were they in another plane? Who know? I have no idea. Yeah. But in that in that scenario, he technically really wouldn't have a horse in the race or be able to do anything about it. Um. Now, in terms of what you were saying about Wanda and uh, Harkness and everything that's going on. Um, so there's a scenario I'd like to throw out there for you guys that is a possibility. And I feel like given the way they showed it, um, with the reveal. So like they have the reveal happen that it's Harkness and they have like the, Oh, look at this. That was Harkness. Oh, look at this. That was Harkness. Mm -hmm. And it's in that very like fifties, sixties TV style montage. Yeah. That they show it happen. Um, there's a chance that Harkness is also a non-willing participant here that Wanda mentally is using as a scapegoat for herself. So can where I ask she's able before, to before make you... Harkness seem in her own mind on the show. Like, oh, we can blame it on Harkness because she feels guilty about what she's doing. And mentally she's looking for something to blame it on to draw the blame away from herself. And that she knew Harkness after when she was a child in Sokovia. She knew this woman. And maybe that's how they play it is that Harkness wasn't actually a witch. She's like their, their version of Harkness in the MCU could be that she's just there. And this is Wanda trying to get out of the situation. She put herself in by using a scapegoat. And she has her there because she wants her there just like Pietro, just like Vision. She has this person from her past that she can pull in. Which is an interesting point to bring up that I'm not, and, and I, I think they could still work their way out of this. I think they have shown us Agatha's involvement in very specific things but still the origin of the entire scenario and really her complete role in it is still yet completely unexplained. Yes. Which would, and again, that's another chunk of where they, you know, need to wrap this up in, in two last episodes. But I, I, I agree with, and we said it last time, Brian, you said it earlier today, again, that the notion that hopefully they're not just laying this out to be someone else's fault uh, so that we can absolve Wanda of everything. Um, combined with, you know, some things, Mike, that you just offered that could be good hypotheses about how it could be integrated and, and some other explanations as to what the role really is. I'm hoping for kind of a combination of the two. I, I, I think I, I agree that I don't want to take this entire journey only to have Wanda absolved of it all yeah um you know as, as someone said earlier that that regardless of how she got there how this started why it's happening Wanda has absolutely it seemed um happily taken operator control of it and she is willing participant yes Yes, and whether she knew that was happening at the beginning or not, still yet to be determined, etc. 
once she understood where she was, what was happening, whatever. Um, and, and maybe it is one of those things like, you know, the devil whispers in your ear and gave you the, you know, she was, the, the devil was the muse. Agatha was the muse, something. And Wanda ran with the idea and made the whole town. You know, maybe it was her from the beginning with some nudging from the subconscious that she didn't realize was there. All these things could be possibilities. Um, but I do like the notion that so far that I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want it to just be, okay, we've told you it's Agnes's fault. And so therefore we'll wrap the story up in some way and we'll move forward. But I, I also don't think that they've a hundred percent presented that to us yet. So one thing that just occurred to me too. Yeah. So the few times that vision breaks through people's control, like whoever's controlling the, the town, yeah, and granted, I guess, we, well, I don't know. Now I'm talking myself out of it, but we've seen people, like, we've seen Wanda control the town, but at the same time, whenever, I'm thinking specifically, like, Norm. Whenever Vision mm-hmm. frees Norm and talks to him at, at work, he never specifically says Wanda, does he? Or does he say, she is in my head? Good I'd question. have to watch it again to remember the exact words. Because if we know it's Agatha, and Agatha could possibly be pulling the strings, and Wanda has said, do you think it's me controlling the whole town? I can't do that. But then, granted, three episodes later, we see her do that or whatever. So that's why I'm sort of talking myself out of it. I thought maybe they'd could get be. out of it that when Norm just says, it's her, she's in my head. He's not referring to Wanda. We're assuming it's Wanda. Right. I mean, th- there's a possibility here that she also to create what she wanted to create needed Harkness needed somebody with Harkness's power that she could control. So she could be controlling Harkness and using Harkness's power to create some of this and control some of this. Like, I see where you're going there. I just feel like it's a roundabout way to get back to just having one to do it. Well, like, no, I why, think, why like, I think I feel like it's a middle ground that we don't need, like just cut that out and you get the same result. Well, I, I think, like I said, she pulled in Harkness because it's somebody from her past. She wanted Harkness there one way or the other. And perhaps maybe there's something where she learned that she could do this. Well, if it's, in if some it's way someone from. By pulling Harkness in. If it's someone from Wanda's past, why doesn't she recognize her? Maybe she does. That's my. Like, she. Well, I. I she, she, of... she doesn't, like, overtly say, like. That she doesn't, yeah. Like I'm, I guess the point I'm getting at is like she wants it to be this way, so she's playing it as that. Because if she recognizes her, Vision will know that she's important. Like you, you get what I'm saying. Like if she's really playing this deceptive angle, and she wants to keep Vision controlled because it's Vision, he's basically like fucking Android Superman, and he's dangerous to her if he doesn't want to be in the situation he's in. I mean, I guess I could see it. It just, to me, it seems very convoluted, convoluted to get to where you want to go. That just my take on it. Well, I I agree. I, I, but again, I think maybe the whole thing is kind of what I've said before about Wanda's powers on the last episode is like, she doesn't really have a hundred percent control over the outcomes. Yeah. A lot of the time. And you could see here her pulling Agatha in and then having some undesired outcomes from doing so. You know, like, 
like the idea of pulling in Pietro and it's not the same Pietro. It could just be her own accident. I you, right, like, from where we're led to believe on the last episode that it wasn't Wanda at all. Right. Well, and, and I, I kind of wondered about that as as well, but I think in that montage that they show us at the end, I think part of Wicket's address that was just brought up is that I think I think we've we've been shown that Wanda is responsible for everybody's behavior and uh, lack of mind control over their own mind as much as possible. Agatha is playing along. The, the, so the, she Agatha's not under mind she, control. She she's is just there. She is she's immune to it. Give, right. given okay. given her powers because in that montage they revisit the scene from episode six of vision finding her at quote the town's edge and right you know quote snapping her out of it and the moment he looks away she like checks her makeup in the mirror she's playing along because she knows right what wanda's doing to everybody else one thing that i don't that it, it it sounded like you guys were skimming along, but I don't know if I subscribe to this is sort of a, uh, an ego Peter Quill scenario where ego wouldn't have been powerful enough to do what he wanted to do in guardians two on his own. So he needed a second celestial to amplify the power. So in a way uh, could, right. could, okay. could, could one of them be using the other to amplify the power? I, I guess it could work, but I don't subscribe to that. I don't think. Yeah, I I think more or less the questions that still have to be answered have not been, and those will clarify the other the other things that we're 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 now bringing up, which is really See? who who initiated it, who is willing, who is not, who is aware, who is not. And therefore, what role does everybody play within that paradigm? I, I just I don't think we could conclude anything confidently, even with what we've been shown, until some of those very very base that like that that base information has been provided. Yeah. See, I I like what you're throwing out there though, that because it goes along with what I said. Like Harkness gets pulled in uh, against her will, but she's not able to free herself but she's able to resist the mind control. Her powers are Could enough be. that Wanda can't control her mind, and she's terrified. And so she's playing along and giving Wanda what she wants to make Wanda happy and playing along with the game. Um, it, Because she could be just... Like, she could know what Wanda's truly capable of. And I could I could have bought that until this episode. I think the end of this episode... Like, to to me, what you just explained makes... Agatha the victim. Nothing about what we just saw in this last episode makes me think she's a victim. Well, what what did you see that makes you feel otherwise? Remind me. Refresh my memory so, so that I'm... Just the whole creepy vibe of the reveal of her... Like, leading her into a creepy basement that looks like she's got some occult shit going on. And nothing about that makes me think she is sane and... Okay. I forgot about that little bit. That little portion there. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's an important portion to forget about, but I did forget about it. Yeah. That's like, that's the part of the episode where it's like, okay, let me tell you my evil plan. And like Josh said, I think that's what they were probably ready to do. And then the episode just ends. So yeah, that's a, that's a villain move to me. But or maybe that's what she's created to try and fight back against Wanda. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you're leaning into your explanation of like the scapegoaty thing, then yeah, that could that could that could track that. Um, she, but she I know, like when we talked the last time, we were dog. trying to figure out trying to figure out like Agatha's play in all this and how she fits in, and we were figuring she was something, but we didn't know what. But episode six, like Josh was saying, when Vision finds her on the road. That I that sold me. I was I bought into that. I was like, oh, okay, no, she's not whoever we thought she was. She's a nobody because she's been affected by this too. So that they that scene worked for me the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when Agreed. it's finally revealed the next episode that she is the the baddie, I guess that it it still fooled me. Mm-hmm. Um, but and one thing we we sort of glossed over again when we talked about it before we started touching on it a little bit here, but with the whole Mephisto thing. There's been theories flying around from Mephisto. We didn't dive into it that time. I think we all just kind of wrote it off like, ah, we're not signing into that yet. But since I think that stuff is more back on the table now, uh, Josh, I know you you were texting me saying that uh, Fat Man on, or Fat Man, I was going to say Fat Man on Batman. That's the old name. (laughs) Fat Man Beyond. Uh uh, Kevin Smith's podcast had dove into some Mephisto theories. Now, I haven't been tracking a lot of that, Mm -hmm. so I didn't know what you remember, if there's anything that, that, seems relevant now uh it might now this what 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 i went back and listened to was their discussion after episode six um they typically broadcast on saturday nights and i did not listen or watch to like that yet after getting the agatha reveal um from what even before that though i think i didn't hear a lot of very well formed um hypotheses to back up somebody's Mephisto ideas. Um, and, and as we saw, like, you know, some funny memes going around by, like, episode four or five of, you know, kind of making fun of fans and uh, speculative fans on a little bit. They just kept putting every snapshot of anything from every episode next to, you know, someone saying, look, Mephisto, look, Mephisto, look, Mephisto. One of my Did favorites he... has been people are saying the tiger deck, like the tiger centerpiece on the kitchen table at one episode <laughs> is Mephisto. Like in a serious way or like as part of the joke? Like, I don't know. There was some symbolism there. I don't remember the reasoning, but it's like, oh, they're the tiger. That means something. Mephisto. Like that's, that's where we're at. Every, every episode yeah, like they want somebody to fit else's it in a Mephisto box. Or, or they're from Mephisto. Right. They want it to fit in the box. So anything and everything will be a reason that it fits in the box. Um, after episode six, there were, now this is going to sound like a little bit of a stretch at first, but bear, bear with me. So part, part of, and there's not a whole lot to, to this, but I, I, I think that these couple little tidbits were the most compelling, most succinct way to present a potential Mephisto theory that, that I've heard so far. So if we remember for, through the first five episodes, uh, everyone carried a commercial or two in the middle of the episode. And yeah. um, after about episode three, I heard a, a good theory that I think f- could fit that the man and woman present in the commercial selling the products are either to represent or 
are supposed to be in her memory, etc., are supposed to be Wanda's parents. Okay. Yeah, I heard that. Um, it's not until episode six that you get a commercial with neither of them, and that is entirely different. It's this claymation type of like very nineties era commercial selling what appears to be like might be some kind of kids product like let's get kids to eat yogurt in fun ways right. type of thing or like a jello you know so they don't really specify the product but it just seems like something like that so if you if you listeners if you recall this was the one where like there's a a small looks like a small boy on a very small deserted island with a palm tree and a stick of sand and he is visited by a shark who offers him something to eat Shark pisses off afterward, and the boy, for whatever reason, cannot open the food container, and therefore is lonely, withers away, starves, dies, and rots. That's where part of this really gets into metaphors, so bear with me, but I, I when it ties into the rest of the uh, connections that were put forward, I, I could maybe tie the, you know, see where you could tie this in. So... One of their takes on it was that Wanda, the, the way that Mephisto could fit in is that Wanda gets what she has gotten. She gets what we are seeing because she effectively literally made a deal with the devil. Um, whether she knew that's who it was, what she was really getting into, etc. yet to be determined. But the commercial in episode six could be a metaphor for that deal somebody is lonely they are isolated they are lacking what they need for physical and or emotional survival along comes someone to help and while there's not necessarily the the uh, parallel of a quote deal presented in the commercial yeah somebody comes along to present what appears to be help what appears to be sustenance, nourishment, physically, for the soul, for the for the mind, all of it. And over time, but quickly, the person who was given the resource realizes that it's inaccessible. The 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 thing that they were counting on or that they really need is out of reach to them, or they don't know how to access it etc they don't have the tools whatever and that is the representation of what we're seeing with wanda a the a, a deal was made the stage has been set but no matter what she does with the circumstances it's always challenging and always lacking in giving her the thing that she thought she was promised and more importantly maybe the thing that she actually needs Right. Okay. Grant. No, that's the part where granted that could be a bit like that. That sounds like master's student English major type of you know commentary on these things. I get that. Right. Tying that into more of the metaphor of making a deal with the devil, though, does kind of play out with me a bit. Um, there's a couple of parts specifically in the like ha trick or treating scene in which uh, Pietro is interacting with Wanda and the kids in which potentially some 
deliberate wording is used. Um, there's a there's a part where uh, he tells the kid like the kids want to go off and trick or treat on their own, and they have the conversation about yes, but don't go past Ellis Street, etc. Blah blah blah. And as they're leaving, you know, Pietro excuses them, and what does he tell them? He says, "Get out of here, you little hell spawn." Oh, so you think that's literal hell spawn? Potentially. Uh, there's another okay. time where in that conversation where like Pietro is also somehow in tune with what Wanda is doing. He is not it, it is revealed in that conversation. He is aware to to at least a large degree what this whole thing that they're existing in is, or at least what more importantly, what it is not. Yeah. He understands it's not real. It's it's not authentic. And he signs off on it. He, you know, he he supports her and gives her assurance that it he understands that it's okay of what she's doing. There's nothing really wrong with it per se. Um so he's kind of co-signing her bullcrap, but he's also playing very coy in a way. And I, I I heard somebody describe it as like that that very much could be the way that the devil would talk to somebody. So are you so just extrapolating that, you're thinking the the version of Pietro we get in the show is Mephisto? After what we were shown in, in episode seven, I think that breaks down a bit. Okay. But um there's also a moment in that exchange where uh, he and Wanda are talking about the town. He refers he refers to it as charming as hell. So okay. a couple of these little pieces put together. Somebody said, if you notice, there are certain quote episodes of the show, and by the show, like the show within the show, the one that Wanda is presenting to the outside world, the one that she's letting go on this broadcast uh, yeah. frequency that she's created. For the most part, there are characters who do not exist on the same episodes and do not interact with each other, even if they happen to for the littlest piece of time. And that some of the characters may be the shape-shifting form of the devil taking a role to influence, you know, as Mike said, he can't maybe direct action and, you know, wave a finger and boom, it happens. But it's the influencer. It's the voice in the right. back of your head. Yeah. Um. So two specific, specifically two of the characters that were called out in this regard were Dottie from the first couple of, of episodes, the blonde. Yeah. And Pietro. Now, I will say in episode seven, I think there's a quick moment somewhere toward the end where they do show Dottie again. I don't even know if she has a speaking line or not. And then you get a glimpse of Pietro again in the mid-credits stinger of, right. of episode seven. So yes, they're technically appearing within the same episode, never in the same place at the same time, etc. Um, so if you have, and, and and so far with Pietro, there's nothing about what he's doing that is attempting to directly influence action. He's going along with everything. They're doing an activity, See, I, he's with the kids. He, it doesn't seem like he is saying, let's do X, Y, Z, or I'm being shown right. physically doing a thing that has an impact. 
it's like he's along for the for the ride. So this is all to say that I don't know if I completely buy into this, you know, will end up being the truth anyway, but I feel presenting right. it in this way has been one of the more strong cases for it so far. Okay. Um, for for Pietro, I think for me, the the ha- Halloween episode that he was there for the majority of it, interacting with the kids and Wanda and all that stuff. And to your point, like talking about the conversation that him and Wanda have about like him fully aware of what's going on. Uh, I wrote that off as like this is her brother, like someone who has seen her do stuff before, who knows her well enough to know what she's going through and completely sympathizes for what she's going through. Um, and at the same time, he's asking her questions. Well, how are you doing this? Because probably the last time he saw her, she couldn't do shit like that. So obviously the next question is, how did you learn to do this? Like, I don't remember you doing any weird shit like this before. So I bought all of that. The part that I raised eyebrows to was the comment of like, what do you think your dead husband's going to die again? That to me was like, where the fuck did that come from? Because you've never met vision. You don't Mm -hmm. know he, that he died like that to me. was like, what the hell? Well, so, it, it, I don't know. It depends. Pietro would have like the the Aaron Taylor Johnson version would have potentially met him very briefly toward the end of the events. Oh, of Ultron. fair point. Fair point. Yes. But I agree with you that there was I for different reasons. I wrote that off. Um, yeah, I wrote it off that if he is truly uh, some type of result of manifestation of hers, she could. In theory, um allow him to know everything she wants him to know and to some degree be directing his emotional responses to things. Right. Like we don't know, you know, people that show up, is it, is it a manifestation of Wanda? Is it her sort of like externalizing her internal conflict? So basically Mm -hmm. it's conversations she's having in her mind, but she's, she's talking out loud to someone trying to rationalize what's going on, work through her, her grief, her, denial all the all that stuff so with that in mind it's hard to tell if these people that pop up are they sent by someone else or do they have some nefarious purpose or is it just wanda going through shit Mm -hmm. um but as far as like the mephisto theory i guess mike i want to get you in what do you what do you think do you track any of that stuff does that sound plausible to you like that don't like that um the theory about how all of it's tied together some of it yes some of it no the theory about Quicksilver, no. Um, but Harkness's presence and the children's presence and all that, I think, I mean, that that plays really well Yeah. Um, into Mephisto being involved somehow or getting involved somehow, even if he's not already. Well, the children um, are my next question. Like, we talked about that last time, but didn't really have too many answers. So since then... um. Again, sort of the same thing, but like, what's up with the kids? Are they real manifestations? And to the bigger, well, I mean, they're not real, real, because Vision, even if he wanted to, could not impregnate her. Like, that's not that can't happen. Okay. Well, we we still, I (laughs) guess that's not um, possible. He's a machine. You know, I guess I'm still unclear the rules of the bubble. If something is created inside the bubble, are they real outside the bubble? Or you know, are they real that only exist in the bubble? Like, I feel like there's there's I think that's something that needs to be addressed as well in terms of the bubble, um, which we can get to after the kids. But like Vision's whole like falling apart trying to leave the bubble thing is something we should talk about. But, yeah. Um, in terms of the kids in the whole Mephisto thing, 
they could just be like creations or figments of imagination or something along those lines. Um, like so if they're that's not the case, real. How would you real. explain where they went? Are they gone? Are they disappeared? Like where? Like because at the end of the episode, we're looking for them. We don't know where the kids are. Right. So any guesses as to what the hell happened to the kids? Well, didn't you say in your summary of Harkness that Mephisto reclaims them at some point? That was something that happened in the comics, correct? I mean, if if I had to guess right now, based on all the evidence at hand, they either just needed them to not be there and they'll turn back up, or Mephisto grabbed them. Okay. And has reclaimed. something. I mean, one of those two things. But it could just be... They're not really gone, they're just out of the way for the moment because they don't fit into the, what's happening in the plot. And they gave an excuse as to why they're away and they'll find them, you know what I mean, after. Maybe it's not an important plot point the way we might think of it. So, uh, Agatha just sent them on vacation. They're in a field yeah, trip. They, yeah, they're just... Or they're trapped in the basement somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that, you know uh, I mean? so or, that, that was one part of... like when, when they moved into those last two and a half minutes it felt like it went very fast. Yeah. Like, we're decided, oh, guess what? It's time to show you things, and here we go. So the kids are, we don't know where, we're not going to tell you they were at this woman's house. But, but like, there wasn't even, in my opinion, there wasn't even a moment before that that would ex- seem to explain, like, the last thing they show you is, like, they're sitting on the couch with Agatha. Right. She's reassuring them, no, your mom's not crazy. And then all of a sudden, when Wanda gets there, it's, time to say and now i'm suspicious where are the boys oh right. they're in the basement like what the hell are you talking <laughs> about the basement like that there was it did and it didn't need to like slap you in the face at some point that like wait a minute i think something is going to be going on later with agatha and the kids it just it just seemed very rushed okay um i actually want to get some to something else the detail that's in the basement uh and Mike, I don't know how much you're familiar with it, but Josh specifically, the book that we see, what is your gut reaction for that book? Um, I mean, just because of my background, my first and always impression of sparkly magical books with covers that look that way is the Necronomicon, but I know this is not <laughs> an Evil Dead crossover as much as I would love it to be. Well, I'm specifically asking you because I feel like my gut reaction was something from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Oh, um, I wasn't sure if you went there too. The book, the book. R- r- refresh me. The well, I don't know if Mike, are you familiar with any dark magical books in the Marvel universe? Uh, dark magical books in the Marvel universe. Um, I I know that Strange has one. I think um, when I looked it up, but I on, don't think it's a dark magical book. No, yeah, no, there's like a, there's a black. That? Black magic or dark magic, I don't know what they're... But it, specifically, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. used this as a plot point for one of their seasons. But well, what Wasn't that right. with Doctor Strangey times? Because when he had yes. all those magical books in the Sanctum, and the and like he's like stealing the books from Wong and whatnot to read yeah. them, and so there was a lot of magical books they had there. Yeah, well, I guess just I'm I'm thinking specifically my my more of my knowledge comes from what it was used for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which the book... Okay looks different than what it was shown in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was referred to as the dark hold. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. That was a, I should not have forgotten that so much that was used over like two or three seasons. 
Yeah. So I, 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 to me, that's my gut reaction. Cause I've seen the, you know, it's a Marvel book. It's a Marvel universe, dark magic book that, that has dark powers, black magic associated with it and stuff like that. Um, and specifically, depending on where you want to fall and whether or not TV and movie play nice together, that's sort of where I'm hesitating because I don't know if this would be like the MCU's version of the Darkhold or if this is supposed to be the same Darkhold that we've seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, okay. And I had to go through slight spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but trying to go down like what was it used for in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and where do we leave it? From what I remember and a little bit that I read, trying to refresh my memory, the uh, Darkhold um, was used by a character that eventually, by the end of the season, is trying to use it to bring life to an android, which could track for this show. And mm -hmm. by the end of that show, uh, Robbie Reyes' ghostwriter has to take the book to hell to get rid of it. And I think that would track with some theories that are probably floating around. Um, apparently, it, I didn't watch The Runaways, but apparently The Darkhold shows back up in The Runaways, which I did oh. not watch. So I don't know where hmm. it leaves from there, but that's after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so but they, again, it's it's unclear if it's the same version of that book or if these are just going to be like two different books. I could I would be fine and accept the fact that, you know, this dark magical book change its appearance based on some weird magical explanation. I'm fine with that if it looks different, but if it's, it's like, the same book... It's like Jumanji. I'm f yes, yeah. It changes its appearance based on the user or something like that. So, I mean, it's magic, so you can just get right. magic to so, into a different appearance. There is an another term that I keep hearing thrown around these last couple of weeks is that uh, either somebody said, and, and who knows, We I know we just talked about like stupid internet uh, information before, but yeah, it, it's been repeated enough that i don't want to say that just makes it true but it does um it would not surprise me given how disney has structured their production that this could be it the term i keep hearing thrown around is by the end of the season there will be a quote luke sky level luke skywalker level cameo in wandavision yeah. now i don't subscribe to the idea that that is dr strange because we already knew, Kevin Feige said it at uh, San Diego Comic-Con in 2019, said directly the first time these projects were revealed that WandaVision flows right into Doctor Strange 2. He said it on stage right there. There's no point in building up a, quote, cameo reveal. Like, getting Benedict in it for two seconds, to me, does not count. But the the general audience wouldn't have read that article. That was one of my points, is that people that are coming to the show not following the Marvel stuff are not reading the stuff we are. They might even know who Doctor Strange is, but if he pops up, it's going to seem could important be. to them. But, okay, that, that, that is fair, but I, I still subscribe to the idea that it's not him. So, therefore, if it is... What you're holding? What's that? We got? Is that like a like two? Well, points I, have a, I have a second point. I just want to try to get to. So that's just me okay. trying to signal that yes, I have something I want to add. Gotcha. Okay. Um, the quote that that the time that quote happened was at the end of episode three. Okay. Elizabeth Olsen was in interviews promoting the show, so it was before Evan Peters' reveal. Mm. Like the week before. Okay. So when I read the quote too, my gut reaction was okay. We're getting Doctor Strange by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. 
And then that week, Evan Peters shows up, and yeah. my brain broke. And I said, nope, never mind. It's Evan Peters. That has to be the reveal she's referring to. Yeah. Could be. I would agree that like the most shocking reveal they could have is combining what did exist that shouldn't exist within the MCU, but somehow now does through the sure. multiverse. Yeah. I, I, I feel like. And then acknowledging it. Not even like just being a pure recast calling it saying she recast him him acknowledging that they're not the same her acknowledging that he doesn't look the same right right 100 percent tracks pretty big absolutely could be it in the event that it isn't and there's something yet left to be shown and i, I only even brought this string up given what you just went off on brian with the the book and agents of shield etc what and and, and you, you more than anyone I know have expressed over time your hope and displeasure about the segregation of agents of shield from everything else. What if something like this, you know, I don't think it's going to be Coulson. I think he was finalized and wrapped up several times in that show, but definitely at, by the end of season seven. Um, yeah. But what if it's, you just made, you just named him. What if it's ghost rider? I would love that. If they finally bring find a way to get Robbie Reyes in like the MCU proper type of thing, yes. I've been clamoring for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters, and I would love to fucking see them show up. If, if I mean, any of if this other stuff lines Mephisto, up, it could fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a, a I mean, Ghost Rider makes sense to introduce if you're heading down a Mephisto rabbit hole. He kind of so, has to show up. Given, I guess, some of the stuff that we've sort of been covering here, it, I think the pieces are laid in place for sort of this theory that I've kind of okay. gathered for yeah. what's going on. And Mike, I think, is piecing it together, too. Um, but my my theory for this show, now that we're sort of veering into, like, Agatha's the bad guy and, and Mephisto's making a little bit more sense to me, um, I, th I think that Agatha, Agatha is either working for or trying to conjure up Mephisto. And Wanda's okay, kids were the sacrifice that needed to happen. Okay. Maybe not specifically because they have fragments of Mephisto's soul. I'm sure they could find a detail to fit that. But maybe there's something in the book that gives details on how to conjure Mephisto. So if we're assuming this is the same Darkhold from the TV shows, maybe it's something like Mephisto, like Mike was saying, can't come to the world himself, so he sends the book first to tell the reader how to get him there. So by the end of the series... When this wraps up in two episodes, the multiverse breaks somehow. Mephisto shows up, and that leads into Doctor Strange 2. So, even to Josh's point, the big reveal at the end of this could be Mephisto. And who they cast as Mephisto, which would that, yeah. also be amazing. Uh, just to find that out, just to get that look at Mephisto and what they're going to do with it. Because... Mephisto's another character where you're kind of afraid as to what they're going to do with it in terms of effects and how's it going to look because yeah. he looks kind of ridiculous in the comic books to bring to live action. So, I mean, they did good with Thanos, obviously, and they've done a good job with all of them so far. So I'm like, I'm, I'm confident they're going to do something right. It's just Mephisto gets to that next outlandish step. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think Dormammu is the one they could be most closely related where they just skirted bringing Dormammu to a lifelike form right. by having him be a face in the sky. Um, in this case, what do they do? Well, we got to wait and see if it's actually the case. I mean, I'm still but holding out is. hope that these are all like stepping stones to full on Galactus. 
Like, give me big fucking guy in space that holds planets in his hands. I want to see that in a movie. I yeah, I don't think we're. I mean, we're not going to get that anytime soon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the Fantastic Four being tied to it more than anything. And, and until we have official announcements on when and how they're going to join, and we figure that out, then we can start piecing together toward Galactus. But yes, I I agree. I hope we're getting to that point as well. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. It being the big reveal at the end, I think is... just yeah, based on the on the breadcrumbs of what we're getting right now, I think I think it, the piece has fallen into place a little bit easier when I think about it that way. Yeah, and I I think it'll be a little bit jarring because we know I mean there's things we know that aren't going to happen in terms of like chronological order now because of the way the world went that could throw people off in the MCU because this wasn't the order things were meant to be released in. So the next thing we're going to get is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've got a date for it. We've got a trailer. And we know it's not going to tie into this. Yeah. Or if it does, it'll be very tangentially. It will not be directly. Um, so I think that could start throwing people off even more. But back onto this topic, I think, I think it'll be cool to see how they end it one way or the other. Um... But and I think there's other things going on here that, again, we haven't touched on yet, and I'm kind of waiting for you to drive us into. So I'm gonna save for M- Mephisto. Um, yeah, I'm on board with it, and I can't wait to see it. If they want to bring in Ghost Rider, I don't think they have enough breadcrumbs laid for that by the end of this season. But he could be the way that they tie things together a little bit is in terms as opposed to bringing in Mephisto Ghost Rider showing up could do it or even Blackheart um, to go off in a I mean s- same direction I mean yeah. Blackheart's Mephisto's son for those who don't know and was I would the, really love to see a proper Go- Blackheart in Ghost Rider right that Wes Bentley yeah but, yeah they, they gave a really shitty portrayal of, of Blackheart in the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider Ghost Rider, an episode coming to you at some point soon as part of our Rewind Theater series. It's on the wheel. It's on the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I I'm, I remember that movie vividly because I'm a Nick Cage fan. I know mm-hmm. not everybody is, but I, uh, yeah, that, that portrayal of Blackheart. I mean, it was very um, fitting for the time that it was, the movie was made where they didn't just dive full into what Blackheart would actually look like. Yeah. yeah. So it, during that time, they were not leaning as far into the comic book appearance of things as they are now. Yeah. So, Brian, was there more pieces to your master plan, or was that the that was pretty much it. it? Yeah. Okay. Using try trying try I'm trying in my mind incorporating all the stuff we've seen so far: the book, Agatha, sure. clues for Mephisto, and it answers the question of why the kids are no longer there. I feel like if the kids are going to get sacrificed, that's not something they're going to show in the show. I think this is right. a cleaner way to do it. They're just gone, and then you find out after the fact. It still gets right. the end result I mean, of the kids are missing. they're sacrificing the kids to summon Satan in a Disney show, which is enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For you can Disney, infer I enough think that's from as far as they would go. Yeah. But, yeah, and they, they could also write it off in the way that, again, the question that we've asked a few times, do like are the kids even real in a way? So maybe they could just uh, say, you know, like there was this manifestation of, 
you know, corporeal energy that she created somehow. And that is actually like the ingredient she needed. So it's not like you ever had real children that, that went away. I don't know. I'm trying to Disney five. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I mean, under the impression like, they were never real to begin with, or at least that yeah, they, they couldn't exist outside the hex, the bubble. Right. Like they yeah, were I just mean, stuck there. They, they grew to 11 years old in a matter of days or yeah. hours or whatever the hell it was. They're not real. Right. There's something there that's not right about them. And so I think I, I, I the thing that closes the circuits best, Brian, is is what you just said. I will admit that. I think, and, and not that it has to be impacted by it, I still really want to understand who is in charge and how Agreed. it started. Yeah. If if oh, we if I, I we don't we'll get there, I I hope so. If we don't get that, those are very important things that would help in making sense of it all, or at least just provide satisfaction. Like, there's no reason yes. not to explain that. Yeah. Um, Mike, I know you you brought it up earlier, so I kind of want to spin back around to that. But Vision trying to escape the hex. So, yeah. to me, and we talked about you know the last time we talked about this. Whether or not Vision was alive, if he's, you know, a puppeteering corpse and stuff like that. Everything we've seen so far, I think, is still, to me, falling in line with puppeteering corpse. So, I think we have arguments against that. It, not necessarily, like, directly saying, like, no, definitely not. But more along the lines of, if Wanda doesn't want something in or out, it doesn't go in or out easily. Okay. Uh, the only thing we see enter easily is the drone. Right. Um, and um, what is it? Uh, 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 Monica. Yeah. Uh, the first time. Well, that Monica was also before accidentally the, enters. the hex changed from blue to red. Well, yes, and that's when once she realized, like I, I think without her will involved, something could get in. But getting out, we've only ever been shown her forcing things out. Yeah. Easily. So I think changing whatever the hex does to them requires her input. Okay, so going through the hex, obviously, this is another thing I wanted to get to. It changed Monica. Yeah. And I'll get to what I think's going on there. But it changed her, and I think that... Whatever's going on requires Wanda's permission. So I don't necessarily think that it means that, oh, he's definitely dead inside there. It means it, that she didn't want him to leave. And maybe she had extra protections up against him leaving. That I weren't. Could you I could know. buy that. There's one specific line of dialogue that to me is like, nope, he's dead. Okay. Is when Darcy says they're tracking the the source of whatever, I forget the guy's name, but the, the head of sword guy. Mm -hmm. He's tracking yeah, something yeah, yeah. inside the hex. What he's tracking is decaying vibranium. Yeah. Well, all matter decays. Right. But if Vision is alive, he wouldn't be decaying, right? Yeah. You, you're decaying right now, man. Carbon atoms decay. I mean, that's that's called uh, carbon dating. All right, semantics. I, I think but to me, I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm thinking that's the it's, dead it's corpse of vision deliberate. is what he's tracking. Well, I'm, I, what I'm saying is, like, scientifically speaking, um, like, they do... 
what's the term for it with like depleted uranium? They 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 half can track half life. They 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 can track all that scientifically based on atoms decaying. Like in everything is decaying over time. But they, I um, I, I think the argument at, against at a specific that, rate. The argument, yeah, the argument against that though is that they already had a decaying corpse for five years. So they are still honing in on that signature, and if he has truly well, been put back together and rare, well, I, I get that. I just think it's it's not as strong to conclude that he is. It, it, I, it's not as strong support to say he is therefore back quote alive and resurrected. Oh. Be, be, I, I know I, I understand exactly what what you're getting at and I tend to agree with you I'm just playing devil's advocate to say it's not necessarily like concrete is what is what I'm getting at like the decaying okay. thing like it's scientifically that that's just a term in science well half the time too I talk myself out of it because I think that line of dialogue the decaying vibranium and the you know they keep bringing up vision corpse and stuff so I'm yeah. I'm still thinking he has to be dead however I don't know how a dead corpse seemed to be thinking for himself. Yeah. But, That's and, the part that throws me. Right. And, and I will say, just go back to the verbiage for a moment. Why would, um, why would the head of sword have to say decaying? Why right. not just look at tracking vibranium metal signatures? It's way yeah. too deliberate of a usage of decaying Fair for, it, for, it to, for, for at least them to believe that that thing is is just reanimated somehow with a thing and yes we discussed this last time the idea that uh, where is his sentience coming from um maybe it could be now that we have some of this stuff maybe there's an influence from agatha on vision yeah okay i mean i could see it could i be. yeah that's I that's mean, another and answer and i'm waiting for Mephisto's involved yep. he could be wished back into existence Right. Like, that could be part of the deal with the devil, is that you get your vision back, but only inside this bubble. True. Right. And I, I definitely, I'm I'm still thinking, you know, dead or alive, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think he can exist outside the bubble, which is what that also episode, where he's trying to leave, solidifies. Yeah, either either by magic. I would want to see magic. Um, some. Uh, uh, oh, I'm thinking, like, has the hooks in him. Um, he's, he's, he's tied to it. It's, yes. He's tandemed to it. And I think that would be mostly confirmed if we had seen anybody else leave on their own. Right. Like, on their own accord, just up and walk out. Mm, fair. Um, however, the what I wanted to discuss is something that I brought up as a possibility, which um, it, it seems like it's possible at this point that Wanda is creating mutants inadvertently. Did either of you come to this conclusion because of what she did to Monica? Yeah, her there was DNA some, like, is Darcy changing. explains it as like rewriting her DNA. Yeah, so right. I think you could pass that off as a mutation. Mm-hmm. I mean, go she, that way. Like, maybe everybody that's in there is going to be the start of mutants. Very well, could like, be. It, it, that that's how mutants begin. Is Wanda rewrote the DNA of this town in New Jersey? The only the only thing I'm wondering if like i don't know if it would affect the whole town only because no one's left since they've been in there the problem with monica she's been going some point she's been going in and out well she did it once 
She's done she it twice in. now. Well, no, she went in, which presumably everybody had to go in at some point. I don't know. Well, not necessarily. Oh, they didn't have to pass through something. Yes. She that, may okay, have, she may have been initially been able to. Now, well, it, it depends. But do we know it, that passing through is what caused it? Or is was just being it going within. from control to not being controlled? Right. Was it the barrier? or I, I, but What I'm getting at is eventually everybody's going to have to be released. Or Wanda's going to have to murder the whole town. One of the two things is going to have to happen. They're all going to die or they're all mm-hmm. going to be going back to whatever they were beforehand. Yeah. Or the town's going to remain intact. Something. One of those three things I think is the only possibilities we can say logically. If Monica is changed enough to become Photon, which is mm-hmm. where she becomes, what she becomes eventually in comic book lore and all that, it's possible that what Wanda is doing could be altering the DNA of people and through that alteration create maybe not mutants inside the bubble, but the DNA that is altered is the reason that mutants come into the MCU. Just to say, this is how it starts. Origin point. Uh, yeah, I would buy that. I, I'm suspecting because you, there's no way that eventually, and maybe even soon once they really start to dive in, there's no way that you're not going to get a character like Storm. There's no way that you're not going to get characters who originate from other parts of the world. So, oh, right. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the energy signature that this thing produces and the effect it has on people's bodies is the catalyst for the creation. But it would make more sense to me that in the end, the release at some point, like before its ultimate destruction, e- either in the act of getting it to go away or during the struggle to fix the conflict that the energy surge does cover the entire earth it almost feels like when it blows up and it doesn't affect the particles do the thing and it doesn't affect everybody so not maybe everybody gets mutated but whatever happens it triggers the mutations Something people's like that, yeah. The mutant you, gene was already there, it was latent, and in people who had it, this triggers their mutation. Yes, yes that actually would track better because you can't just... It, it's not going to work to say, you know, the, the first generation of all mutants in the MCU came from this affected town in New Jersey that she did. <laughs> it has to spread out more. And, at, and Mike, what you that just said, I think, is, is the way to do it. At some point, it triggers the entire planet, either for a small period of time or only briefly... And that dormant thing lying within all of our DNA is turned on. Well, I feel like it's not necessarily really in funny. all of us. I think it'd be really funny if they explained mut- the creation of mutants away the same way they were trying to explain the creation of inhumans. Like, it's, it's the same thing. You got something in your DNA that's been there, and it takes a catalyst to jumpstart it, and now you've got powers. I didn't even well, you start do know trying that in to watch the comics, inhumans, the inhumans, so inhumans sure are mutants, right? Wait, sorry, I heard both of you once. Go ahead, Josh. I'll get to mine after. Oh, I, I only said that since I didn't even try to watch the Inhumans, I was unaware of what. Type well, I mean, of you watched Agents of Shield. Provided. They had the, right. the same explanation yeah. in Agents of Shield. Quake, Quake is an Inhuman. The 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 yeah. crystals, the oh, the well, stuff that they uh, use. That's yeah, all that's the true. catalyst. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what I was saying was technically Inhumans are mutants. And the catalyst just activates their mu- mutation. Okay. Is all that actually, like, that's the comic explanation of the Inhumans, is that the Terrigen Mist 
affects all mutants and is capable of doing that to anybody with a mutant gene. Okay. All right. So that's um, where I was getting so, confused a little bit. Okay. Yeah. A normal human that doesn't have a mutant gene won't be affected the same way by the Terrigen Mist. They'll get right. sick and probably die, but they right. won't become a mutant. So the Inhumans were a, like a different sect that were all affected by the Terrigen Mist and went to live separately on, is it the, the moon? moon. Or they, they went to the yeah, moon. They yeah. went to the moon. And they kind of have their own society there separated similar in the way that Magneto wanted to create the thing on Genosha. Um, the, the, the inhumans kind of realized it more completely. And eventually I think like Magneto draws inspiration from black bolt and his society when he creates asteroid M. Right. Okay. And the whole society there. So it's kind of something that, um, it, it would follow that same path because it can, because yeah. they are kind of the same. Okay. Yeah, well, it's just, I guess it's funny to me thinking of just, like, how all of this came to be for, like, the, just the MCU in general. It's like, the MCU, Marvel couldn't use mutants, so they went for Inhumans, and now we're full circle again, where they're going to use the Inhuman explanation, possibly, to get mutants back in their MCU proper. Yeah. And I think that, that like, bringing that in offers a way out for mutants perhaps that you want to say have been around a long time to yeah. come forward. So people that had their mutation triggered in other ways. Right. So some mutants that are ancient like apocalypse or Wolverine that have been around for centuries or millennia, you know, having them pop up or, you know, realize, Oh my God, there's more mutants. Yeah. Where somebody like Wolverine may not, even know that other mutants exist kind of the way like you know and i guess it's more like x-men first class where like you see like xavier first meeting mystique and realizing there's somebody else like him right you could have those moments for mutants where they were hiding what they are and then when the world starts to expand in terms of mutants and a lot of them show up now they're not so shy about it right uh could be a thing all right. Um, I, I didn't realize we were going this long, so we're going to maybe we'll try to wrap it up here a little bit. Um, a couple other quick things sort of for us. Uh, we went through the whole like the, the last episode we talked about. It ended with the, you know, reveal of Pietro coming back and stuff like that. And we went on this whole tangent of like, what does this mean for the X-Men universe and all this stuff? Which right now seems to be null and void because I, if he is a manifestation of Agatha or somehow tied to that, that has no bearing on Fox's X Men universe. I don't think, right? We shouldn't shouldn't be worried about that anymore. I don't think. I'm entirely con. If he's a manifestation from Agatha, I'm entirely confused by why he's him and why they acknowledge that he's not the Pietro she knows. So the only thing I could think of, and this is a roundabout way to get there, but if everything has to be pulled through the prism of like the decade it's in. Uh, Aaron Taylor John Johnson's Quicksilver wasn't there in the 80s. The only reference for Quicksilver in the 80s would have been in Evan Peters' Quicksilver. Oh, that makes sense. What, what reference from where? For who? Whatever. Either way. like That's what I mean. It's a roundabout <laughs> way to get there, but he was his movies of X-Men were set in that decade. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I, don't, that I wouldn't buy that as an explanation. That's the best I got. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm just trying to rationalize it in my head. That's the best I got. 
So do you think yeah, that, that, do. that potentially at the time, like in the next episode or two, when it catches, quote, catches up to Ultron, that we could see Aaron Taylor Johnson take over? I would kind of love it somehow. I really, I just, honestly, I just kind of feel bad for him that like they may or may not be using his character, but they're not using him. To me, I'm like, damn it, bring him back somehow. So anyway, they can <laughs> fit him in. I'm fine with it. If they want to do it that way, I'll buy it. I mean, I don't personally see an explanation for Quicksilver being from another cinematic universe, except what Josh had brought up and that he was a form of Mephistopheles. And, you know, I mean, it was just something that happened where Mephisto's like, yeah, um, here, I found this version of your brother. And like he just put in the wrong one. It's still a multiverse thing. He just inserted the wrong version of her brother. So it's one of those like deal the with situation. the devil type of things. You want your brother, I'm gonna give you your brother, just not the one you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. I'd buy that too. I'd be fine with that. Um the other thing is we went we went and detailed and tried to guess whoever this aerospace engineer was gonna be that's crafting this vehicle for Monica, who turns out to be someone I didn't recognize and is basically a nobody, so which was kind of funny because, like, the, again, this is fucking the internet in a nutshell. Everyone was speculating for weeks who this aerospace engineer is. So the internet came to the conclusion it's got to be John Krasinski's Reed Richards. So when Reed Richards, played by John Krasinski, does not show up in this episode, the internet goes batshit crazy and says, where the fuck is my Reed Richards? Like, no one ever <laughs> said he was coming, so what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> like, So did I miss that? Who was the aerospace engineer that... Is I'm assuming who she was talking to was the army lieutenant, yeah. Okay. She's the only one she seemed to have a rapport and a relationship with, like they knew each other, and she's saying, you know, this thing's up to specs for what you sent and all this stuff, so I dropped a name, but the name was not apparent to me. It's not a character I'm familiar with. I th- what was the name? Do you have it down? I, don't, I didn't write it down. I don't remember. I thought that that might have been what they were doing, but it could have just easily been like, this is the armed forces contact that she has okay for, so the like, airspace engineer is still out there they just didn't come with the vehicle themselves possibly yes yeah so they just sent it to the army the army sent it to them or you know sword sent it to them and right yeah i mean i could see that being more likely because okay. they, like because this woman that's at this spot here that gets them the vehicle are we assuming she built this i i was under the impression yes she's she's the one that somehow the, whoever on the spot that quickly not on the spot i think that they <laughs> shipped it there wherever they the lab was that they they retrofitted it and brought it there but i figured and you assume she came with it yes okay i i don't think you're wrong for possibly thinking that i yeah just took it a different way okay it, i guess what i would say is if the aerospace engineer is somebody else at a different location that didn't come with on on the delivery i would accept that too Okay. Yes, that thought honestly had not occurred to me. They just when she starts talking to this person who I assumed was supposed to be her contact, made I major thought that was the Goodner. same contact she'd been referring to the whole time as the aerospace engineer. So when they name drop someone, I'm like, "You're not Reed Richards. I don't know who you are, and I didn't bother looking you up to see if you're important." Yeah, so I got her on IMDb. It's Major Goodner. That's the name of the character. Yes. Okay. Goodner. Yeah, I don't. Let's see. Um, do some on the fly investigating. Goodner, and there's, so, and, yeah, and of the, course, the, the like, only a bunch of the initial results I'm getting are all working under that assumption of 
you know, the aerospace engineer is finally revealed. It's Major Goodner. Who is a Major Goodner? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if we want to do that right now. Just maybe chalk it up to possibly a, th- th- that might have been the answer. And if not, the, it is yeah, still yet we'll, to be explained. We'll wait and see. But I, yeah. I, I like that better. Like the finger, the, the point that they continually make of like for three episodes or two episodes at least. She's talking about like her contact, this aerospace engineer. So the way they're building it up, it seems like it should be a reveal of some kind. Yeah. So, but I the thought had not occurred to me that this engineer is still like in a lab somewhere and just maybe doesn't do field work and just stays in a lab. Like I would buy that. I feel like Major Goodner is not an aerospace engineer personally. I feel like somebody that's an aerospace engineer, that's that's what they do. They're <laughs> not a military major. They may have a military position, but they would be like a uh, not showing up in fatigues and Right, I expected you know. to see somebody in a lab coat. Or, but, I mean, even just, like, a, a normal scientist person in a sweater or something. Like a, yeah. a scientist, not a soldier. It was just, like, I think, based on their interaction, I was under the impression that she was the one she was talking to the whole time, and they were the ones going back and forth on the design and figuring it out. So that's... Maybe I just read into it a little bit more. So, we'll... All right, Jerry's still out on that. We'll wait and see. Um think that was the last i had yeah because we talked about monica's powers we talked about vision alive or dead um oh last one for me uh end of the episode when uh agatha you know kind of reveals herself to monica or to wanda she kind of like waves her hands and you see a little bit of like wanda's eyes change color to purple are we led to believe i i could see it two ways. Either that's like Agatha like pulling the curtain back and then the the thing that happens next is the montage of like it was all Agatha all the time. The little thing that she does to Wanda is that more like pulling the curtain back for Wanda and Wanda suddenly realizing, oh wait, no, this was Agatha for this, this was Agatha for that. Or is it Agatha putting Monica or why well, keep saying Monica? <laughs> Agatha putting Wanda under some sort under of control, like mind, yeah, mind control. <sighs> Could go either way. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't really have an opinion on. on. Yeah, my gut reaction was like, okay, you know, Wanda's going to be the villain now, but not of her own doing. Now she's under Agatha's control, and now they have to break that hold somehow. Is Maybe. the way my gut reaction took it. So I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one too. Uh, but that's, I think we got through all the questions I sort of had. And again, I, for talking to these guys before, I was like, oh, we'll talk for like an hour. Uh, so it's been like an hour and a half, hour 40. So we're way over that time. So that's not, not surprising for us. Um, any last call for you guys? Anything, anything we didn't touch on you want to try to get to quickly? Last, last chance for predictions before the end of the series. So anything you want to get on record? This is it. Uh, I, I think just about everything that we've talked about were predictions and, <laughs> talking out of our ass so uh, I'm I'm tapped. Okay. Um final prediction. Uh let's just throw something at the wall and see if it sticks like always. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to come up with something on the fly and it's just you know, it's hanging there and it's not really happening, but let's just say um Evan Peters is actually Mephisto and is cast as Mephisto and gets revealed. Oh, all right. That could be an interesting twist. I wouldn't mind that one. I wouldn't mind him as Mephisto. No, me neither. 
I think Luke Owen would be my first choice. <laughs> okay. I think yeah, I think he fits it good. Um. All right. Well, I guess that's it for us right now. Uh. Again, we'll probably be back in in two weeks to talk about the series as a at least the finale. See where this ends. See where this wraps up. See where we go from here. Um. In the meantime, next week, uh, we will be doing our next rewind theater episode, which will be if you're keeping track for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. The Secret of the Ooze, which I am personally very excited to get to because I haven't watched that movie in years, so this will be fun. Um, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Give us a share on social media. Uh, you can follow us and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, hopefully anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Uh, follow us on Facebook at Bry Guy Super Friends, or uh, sorry, search for Bry Guy Super Friends. I don't know if that's the the way to either way to find us uh facebook.com dot com slash bright guy super friends you can find us there questions comments topics suggestions any of that stuff we'll we'll check it out uh try to send us emails bright guy super friends at gmail.com it's legit it works uh it it is valid i probably will not check it but it's there in you know three years when i finally check it hit us up on twitter at bg super friends uh again find me on twitch uh, at Jedi Bry Guy for whenever we do a live show at some point uh, and record this show live. We will do it there. And that's it for us. On behalf of Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.